You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Welcome to the Gravity Leadership Podcast. Gravity Leadership is a community of people seeking to live our lives in the orienting center of God's love in the midst of our post-Christian world, learning to lead like Jesus, live on mission, and make disciples. In nature, gravity is the phenomenon that brings stuff together, objects as small as atoms and quarks, and as large as stars and galaxies. We believe the gravity of the Christian life is the love of God revealed in Jesus Christ. The Gravity Leadership Podcast is curated conversations on what it looks like to practically orient our lives and our leadership in the love of Christ, the gravity that holds everything together. You've found your way to the Gravity Leadership Podcast. I don't know if you meant to do this or not, but this is where you are and you're listening to Matt Tebby. One of the co-founders of Gravity Leadership. I'm here with my comrade Ben Sternke. Yeah, here, here, uh, here, virtually. I'm actually in an airport right now, recording yeah. this uh, kind of on the run, on the go. Uh, Are you? So, you're flying today, huh? Flying today. Yep. I'm in the middle of uh, the Atlanta airport, uh, recording an intro to a podcast. How many? Uh, <laughs> how many Jesus conversations are you going to have? Oh, I've already had one. I've already you? had one. Yeah, but it was initiated by the guy next to me. He uh, he yeah. saw me take out a little prayer book uh, that I use, and I took yeah. out my prayer book. He had his big Bible going on, and uh, he leans over to me as soon as he sees my prayer book, and he said, what was your verse for the day? So uh, I said, well, I I didn't know how to answer him because I don't really have a verse of the day. And uh, <laughs> he told me what his was. He reads Our Daily Bread, and it's about the storm. And anyway. So he was encouraging me. He was oh, encouraging good, me that storms storms come, but Jesus calms the storm. So I was like, oh, "Thanks, thanks, brother." Did he? So did I've he had pat, a Jesus he, conversation. Yeah. Did he pat you on the head when he said it? No, no, he didn't. <laughs> Thank goodness. Thank goodness. He was an older gentleman, so uh, so he may oh. have. But, but yeah, and then the guy on the other side of me, I sat in the middle, which wasn't my favorite thing to do. But and the guy on the other side of me heard us talking, and he was like, "Can I read that?" And he leans over and he wants to read the other guy's daily bread devotional. And he reads like three of the devotionals while this other guy and I talk. So anyway, I've already had some Jesus conversations in the airport today. So, so maybe you live go. maybe you live on the east or west coast, but this is what it's like to live in the Midwest. Yeah, this is what we do. <laughs> this is how we do it. People heading it. to Atlanta, maybe Midwest uh-huh. Bible Belt travel is full of Jesus and, and daily bread basically how it goes well today but today we've got uh derek vreeland on the podcast who's a good friend of ours from word of life church in saint joseph missouri and he has a new book on discipleship that's come out that uh is unlike any book on discipleship i've seen before uh derek has this amazing knack for taking really complicated complex arguments and making them simple and understandable without reducing them below their threshold of helpfulness. Uh, Now that sentence I just said was very tedious (laughs) and I don't have that gift, but Derek does in his book. (laughs) We'll we'll need to have Derek back on to interpret what you just said. (laughs) He's, he's, uh, he's actually written. uh, So Tom Wright, 
has written a really giant book called Paul and the Faithfulness of God. It's two volumes. It's you know, 1,500 pages. And Derek summarized that book in uh, a couple hundred pages, less than a couple hundred pages. And it's fantastic. Anyway, he's written this book um, called, by the way, Getting Serious About Following Jesus. And frankly, when I heard the title, I didn't want to read it, Ben, because mm. I, I, I'm tired of people telling me to get serious about following Jesus. <laughs> I, I yeah. am. I am. Yeah. Uh, but uh, what he does in the book is he, he unpacks different, the different way that uh, the way you get serious about Jesus is a different way than everything else. Anyway, it was an engaging conversation. He brought energy and Kansas City Chiefs love to our conversation, and then he unpacks some of the things in his book. So you're going to get that in your ear holes shortly. But first, we've got a few announcements. we got some workshops that we're doing this year, Ben. You're pretty excited about that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So uh, you may have heard about this, but we're booking workshops for 2020. And um, we're excited about that. A workshop. What, why would you want to? Why would you want? Why would you want to have a workshop? Why would I want to have a workshop? <laughs> why would you want to bring want a workshop you to, come. to your church? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's why you're traveling today, right? It is. It's so part of it. Part, yeah. So. Yeah. Part of this is we we give bite sized training chunks of what we do uh, with people, and it's a way to introduce a large group of people to our content and our framework for discipleship and leadership in little bite-sized, discrete sort of domains. So, you know, I'll be doing uh, parenting workshops that isn't about tips and techniques to stop being a jerk. It's not how to get your kid to behave. It's, you know, but it's rather uh, just a really simple framework of how to operate in greater intimacy and vulnerability and trust with your kids. Um, in a way that turns on yeah. their hearts, turns on their hearts, and opens them up to the kingdom of God. Yeah, uh, and we do enneagram workshops too, eh? Mm-hmm. Yep, three different kinds of workshops: uh, enneagram workshops, um, where we talk about. We just did a webinar on this, uh, but basically, like how how to use the enneagram as a tool for spiritual formation, transformation. Um, and then we do we do the parenting workshops that you talked about, and we also yep. do a workshop called Church in the Wild. It's kind of an introduction to the new posture that uh, that we need to have as Christians who now inhabit post-Christendom. Uh, when the culture isn't uh, fawning over us and saying we're awesome, uh, the culture is uh, rather looking at us a bit askance and saying, "Why are you guys here?" Uh, so how do you how do you uh, <laughs> how do you be a Christian? How do you be uh, the body of Christ? How do you be the church in that kind of environment? So. If you're interested in uh, booking a workshop for 2020, we are doing that right now. And I know a lot of churches have put together their budgets for the coming year. Yeah. And so um, check the link in the show notes. It's basically just gravityleadership.com slash workshops. And uh, hopefully we can come and, um, yeah, do a little teaching, do a little training, get to know you. Yes. They're a lot of fun. We have a lot of fun doing these. So. We do. Yep. So there's that. And uh, also check out our membership community on Patreon. Yes. Uh, Matt, what do you want to say about that? Uh, I'm amazingly excited about it. Uh, the, the kinds of content that we're releasing uh, there, not only do you get access to lots of things you don't have to pay for, uh, that other people have to pay for, it's part of the subscription, but also you get access to um, this new podcast we're doing. We're just having incredible conversations. Some of them are, uh, some of them are irascible, these conversations. But the last one that we had uh, with Michael and Gino was just just blew me away. Loved it. Anyway, you can go to that uh, patreon.com backslash gravity leadership. I, th- I think we have like, how many patrons do we have now? Like 50? No, 37 patrons. It's amazing. Thank you for your support. Yep. It's been uh, a lot of fun. That's growing slowly. We're excited about that. Yep. Um, so yeah, enjoy this. Inter- oh, hey, there's Hardman. That's funny. So I'm, just walking I'm, through the Atlanta <laughs> airport. That's yeah, like the well, biggest meet, airport in the country. Well, we're meeting at the we're meeting up to go uh, to this consulting trip uh, together, and so uh, so anyway, we're on our way to the same uh, gate, and I just saw him walk past me. So, mm-hmm. so anyway, there we are, airport virtually buddy. all in the same space. Yeah. So anyway, uh, that's my that's my indication that I should probably head over to that gate as well. And so right. Get on enjoy the episode with Derek. Get on the plane, yeah, and enjoy this episode. We'll talk to you later. All right. 
Hey friends, welcome to the Gravity Leadership Podcast. My name is Ben Sternke. I'm one of your hosts today. I'm here with my co-founders, Matt Tebby and Ben Hardman. Good to see you guys on the computer and across from me. Hello. They, people can't see when you wave, Matt. They, they <laughs> I'm just waving at you, Ben. That. There's... There's a podcast. Oh, okay. Hey, hey, Matt. <laughs> there is a podcast that I listen to uh, occasionally where the host will say, like, kind of the, the the thing that happens every single time at the beginning of the podcast is, um, it's like, "Hey, good to see you," and this this particular host doesn't seem to realize that nobody can actually see her. Hmm. Um, yeah. So it's sort yeah. of unironic. She says, "Like, hey, welcome to the podcast. It's good to see you." And I was it was it always just struck me as weird. It yep. was like that. It's not actually for happening. You to listen to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. <laughs> I thought anyway. you were going to say, they said something like, I am waving warmly at you now. <laughs> I am extending a hand right. in love. Please understand. I am embracing you. Yeah, no, that would be better, I think. Uh, to I would I would reach out and feel that. That would yeah. be good, yeah. Like an imaginative hug? Every, all uh-huh. our listeners right now, you're getting an imaginative hug from Sternkey right now. Yep. I'm, I'm really reaching out in warmth. Energy. Tenderness. Guys, this yeah. intro. Do you, is way do you guys feel it? This intro is way better than hers. Mm-hmm. Just way better. Way better. <laughs> if we're going to evaluate things, I'm good at evaluating things. Um, friends, we're here um, with Derek Vreeland as well. Our uh, our friend uh, from from Kansas City. Uh, Derek, uh, say say hi to our listeners. Hey, listeners! I'm so happy to be on the Gravity Leadership Podcast because. I'm a fan. I'm a I'm a pod rishner, so oh. I'm, I'm like I listen to you guys. So I'm ready to lead like Jesus, live on mission, and make disciples. Yes. Wow, he's got the slogans down and All everything. Right. Hallelujah! Look at this. I'm feeling warm fuzzies from Derek now too. T- so. Tell me, yeah. Matt, yeah. Derek's giving hugs to us uh, yes. from the Love Fest, Kansas City. That's great. <laughs> tell me more, Derek, about how much you appreciate us. <laughs> Uh, I think everyone can do it right now and give Gravity Leadership Podcast five stars. Wow. Yeah. There it goes. You and is. subscribe and tell all your friends. No, I do. I listen to you guys regularly. Uh, I just finished uh, your podcast with Matthew Bates, which was excellent. Actually, oh, yeah. some crossover to some of the themes that are in my new book. And uh, seriously, though, I, I tell everyone they ask what podcast do you listen to a lot of them kind of go in and out of my podcast feed but gravity leadership stays in there Dude. Oh, well thanks that's this why been... you're our favorite guest ever <laughs> that's right that's right we're gonna send you a check we're gonna have you back dollars. many times yeah. i don't know what we're gonna talk about today but yep. we're you back. derek is a new uh, co-host he's gonna be on every week <laughs> derek will you give us uh, a bit about your context like where you are located what you do with your time and uh, maybe intro why you're here. You you know why you're here, right? He mentioned sure. he mentioned the I, book. I, that yeah. was foreshadowing. Okay. Yep. <laughs> I feel like I'm hanging out with friends. That's what I'm doing here <laughs> yeah, on the podcast. Fun. So I'm the disciple pastor at Word of Life Church in St. Joseph, Missouri, which is a far northern suburb of Kansas City. And uh, Brian Zahn is our lead pastor. Uh, lots of people out there know BZ. And uh, I grew up in St. Joe, it's my hometown. Mm. And I had pastored for about 12 years in rural South Georgia before mm. coming back to St. Joe. I came back in 2011 to serve as uh, the discipleship pastor. An interesting title, discipleship pastor, it basically means I'm a pastor pastor because <laughs> all, all of us pastors are making disciples. And uh yeah, so um, loving my church, loving my family. Uh, that's what I what I do. Um, I love to write. Um, I'm a runner, um, so I run three to four uh, times a week. I'm training now for the Kansas City Half Marathon. I'm running with Team World Vision this year. Hmm. Um, and listen, listen to the podcast, the Gravity Leadership Podcast. A lot well, of time when while you run. Yeah, great. And so you, you're a discipleship pastor, and you are, I mean, there's so many resources on discipleship in the Christian world right now. Um, right. What, what was it about your, your role as a pastor, your you know, life as a disciple, and what you experienced was needed for the church that led you to write this book? Yeah, so I wrote this book, by the way, um, because it's sort of the discipleship book and the discipleship resource I was always looking for, Mm. but never really found. Um, Mm. And there are a ton of discipleship resources. And, um, but for me, 
a lot of the resources, at least that I've come across, um, focus on sort of a, a, a sliver of discipleship. And so I really wanted to be holistic. For example, um, I have a chapter on uh, change, the way of uh, formation, the work of the spirit in forming our hearts. And of course, lots of spiritual formation material and resources out there for the church. Um, and, and some forms of discipleship are heavy on formation. But I also have a chapter on thinking the way of the mind. Um, and, hmm. and there are discipleship resources that sort of focus on renewal of the mind. But I have like those chapters one right after the other because I really wanted this book to offer an integrated approach to discipleship, one that is rooted in the gospel, one that's rooted in the story of Jesus culminating in his death and resurrection, um, but also have both the heart stuff and the head stuff. Um, so I have a chapter on habitus where I talk about personal practices, the habits of training and the habits of the heart, but also have a chapter on community. So I tried to try to bring together the tension of both individual responsibility and our life lived together in community. And uh, so I hadn't really seen um, a discipleship resource exactly like that, that was had an integrated approach. Yeah, I, I totally agree. It, yeah. I mean, um, so you take, you take these huge sort of realizations or discoveries, I think that um, a lot of the church in the 21st century, we're, we're kind of rediscovering things like um, that our gospel got people saved, but it doesn't. It doesn't. Didn't get people discipled. Right. Um, and and a lot of people write a book just about that. And what you do is you take that discovery and you integrate it into a larger. This isn't a book about discipleship. It's a book to make disciples. So it's for, a, for discipleship. For discipleship. Yeah. Yes, exactly. I, I wrote the book with the church in mind. Um, so I'm thinking about the people that I'm discipling, the people in our local context. Uh, part of the process, the writing process for me was I got three uh, outside readers within our church to read the manuscript and to give me feedback. And it was great. Um, one young lady in particular was pretty ruthless with, I don't understand this, or you use this word. And I had to look it up in a dictionary. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I wrote it, wrote it to be a resource for the church um, that mm. really covered the, uh, the, the gamut. Yeah. It's great, man. So, can we pick uh, pick some things out? I just would love to hear more about it, and then um, because it's part of our project too. There's so much overlap yeah. with what we're doing and what you're yeah. writing on. Yeah. You have an entire chapter on love, mm. yep. and I just want to know what's love got to do with it, Derek? <laughs> Makes me want to sing a song. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, you know, I honestly I can't remember a book I've read on discipleship that talks about love as central and core and necessary. And this is part of our project, you know, Hardman and Strinky and I, this yes. is something we care about. Can you tell us why love is hmm. such a crucial, important part of what you're up to? Well, the book has a theological framework without using theological terms. And for me, the height of theology is the belief that the God of Israel, the creator God, the God revealed in Jesus Christ is love. Um, God is love for me is, is sort of the height of theology. It's mm. also sort of the, uh, the soil in which all of our theological reflection happens. And so if we are, um, if we are to believe the, the creation narrative given to us, we um, are created in God's image um, and if God is love, then we are to be people of love. And I think this is you know, what drives Jesus um, when answering the question about the, you know, what's the great commandment? Let's sum up the law of the prophets. And Jesus is like, well, here it is. You mm -hmm. know, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. And so there's, there's no way um, to, for me to conceive of discipleship. I mean, to walk in the, the steps of Jesus, to faithfully follow him. If we don't thoroughly ground um, our discipleship in love, both the love we receive from God, mm -hmm. uh, which is transformative, um, but also then walking out that, living out our, our vocation as image bearers um, to be people of love. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's a deep theological conviction for me. 
um, that included that. So that's kind of the, the you know, the flow of the book yeah. is sort of, you know, I'm opening up, you know, with chapter one, you know, disciple, the way of Jesus. And it's, it is kind of revealing the, the, the problem of the bifurcation between mm. evangelism and discipleship and how I think those should be integrated. Um, and then it kind of flows from there into the gospel. And then the next part is, is the Trinity. Mm. Um, this understanding that, that God, while God is one and God's essence and God's being, God has been revealed as these, as these three persons in community so that God is love without God being selfish. So when we say that God is love, God's this love in action, love in community, the father, son, yeah. and spirit, yeah. and this eternal love embrace. And uh, that's the height of theology for me. And mm. then everything flows out of that. Yeah. So it's more than a secondhand emotion, you would say? Uh, yes. <laughs> okay. All right. Just clarify. No, no, no. That's the power of love. Yeah, yeah. 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 I wanted to bring that joke around. I was waiting a long time for that. Um, so Six thanks or seven minutes. Thank you yeah. for indulging me. Um, no, <laughs> no, I think that's really important because. Um, love is patient, Ben. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm a, because I've been expressing love to all of you. No, um, no. It's important because discipleship needs a. Tell us. My apologies to the young woman who uh, edited your book, who probably w- would say, "Like, what's that? What's that word mean?" So, like, it needs an end. It needs a goal, right? Yeah. Like, it can't just be like there has to be a reason that we're a disciple is a learner, is somebody who's learning yeah. something. And so, what are we learning to do? Like, what is the goal? You know, what is the what is the place that this pathway leads us to? So, I think that's yeah. really key. It's, it's sometimes I think people can. Uh, get hung up on that and saying like, well, you know, what's, what's the, why, you know, why can't we just get down to the practical aspects of this? And it's like, well, we, we wouldn't know, we wouldn't know if we were making progress as a disciple unless we had some sort of goal in mind, like the love of God revealed in Jesus Christ. Okay, well, now we've got some concrete, like yes. uh, some shape to a goal that would, that would tell me whether or not I'm on the way, whether or not I'm moving towards that, Right. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting that love is both the the goal. You know, it's very Wesleyan. You know, so John Wesley and talking sure. about Christian perfection, it was this perfection growing towards mm-hmm. full love. But it's also the beginning point. Yes. Um, because yes. that's what saves us from self righteousness, right? Mm-hmm. And fundamentalism and legalism and all those ugly distortions of the Christian faith. We actually start. Um, as recipients of, yes. of God's love. So it's interesting that, and I haven't really thought about it that way, but it's interesting that love is both the foundation and the goal. Yes. No, that's really good. And that, now you've got me thinking about, like, uh, this is why I think uh, we interview a lot of people and we talk a lot about like a contemplative spirituality, a contemplative way. And that's yes. why I think that's so important is because if if love is just a goal, if it's only a goal, then I could get into kind of a performance mindset about it, right? Where it's like, my goal is one, right. one day I will fully perform loving things all the time. When in actuality, what we're doing, like, because the starting place is being a recipient of love, I think what we're learning to do is, and this is one of my favorite New Testament words now, is uh, participate. Like, we're learning yes. to participate in the love of God so that it both, like, we're, we're learning to live in it so that the the space between receiving and giving love starts to diminish and we're just we're just living in love we're just learning how yes. to exist yeah. and be in this life yeah Very good. I'm excited there well can you then tell us what i mean seriously like what how do we know if this is if our disciple what what is it with discipleship yeah. rooted in the love of god revealed in jesus how would that be distinct derek i think it it has to be cruciform Hey. Um, so, you know, Ben, when you talk about, uh, love, uh, as revealed in Jesus, giving us shape, mm. that shape is cruciform. Um, it's a kind of self-giving, self-denying, uh, kind of love, which is very counterintuitive, um, but ancient and very true. Um, some people want to, um, look and reach for resources, that they might call discipleship where they're looking for their, their best life now. Right. 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 Just give me the practical things I can do you know, to live my best life. And mm-hmm. I'm not opposed to those kind of things because whatever gives people hope and, you know, practical things that improves people's lives yeah. and relationships. I see that as a part of the kingdom. Um, but the, the Jesus way of discipleship 
uh, is a cruciform way. In other words, it is a denying of self, uh, self-denial and self-giving in order to find your true self. Right. Uh, and so I think that's what makes it distinct. So it's, it's, it's the love of God revealed supremely at the cross. And we see that as, 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 as cruciform. Yeah. I think that's important um, because we do talk, I, I've, I've, you know, your best life now, right? L- that kind of language. Um, it, it is a kind of cross denying language, but on, right. but on the other side, like what we actually claim in the, in the Christian life, as you said, Derek, is that the way of the cross, the cruciform way, like actually is the best way. Like that is your best life now, you know? Um, And so there's this uh, battle, I think sometimes uh, between, between those two sort of definitions. And I'm I'm thinking about, we're recording this podcast on a Friday and uh, in the, in the book of common prayer, one of my favorite prayers is prayed during morning prayer on Friday. Um, And it, it kind of gets to this. I'll just, it came to mind. So I'm going to read it here. Uh, Almighty God, whose most dear son went not up to joy, but first he suffered pain and entered not into glory before he was crucified, mercifully grant that we, walking in the way of the cross, may find it none other than the way of life and peace through Jesus Christ our Lord. So it sort of gets at that same idea, right? The, the cruciform way, it's counterintuitive, It's our flesh bucks against it, but what we have to believe about it is that it actually is the way to unto life and peace, the cruciform it, it really, way. It, it, it really is, because... The sort of best life now approaches, you know, are all consumer driven. Yes. And it's, it's how can, how can I gonna add a little Jesus knowledge or a little Jesus wisdom to my already okay life? Yeah. Which works well in suburbia, works well among, you know, white middle class people like me. Um, but that's not a gospel that's going to transcend uh, mm-hmm. our cultures. Um and it's certainly not, you know, discipleship that's rooted in the kingdom of God. Yeah. Uh, where Jesus pronounced a blessedness, you know, uh, towards the poor and those right. who mourn and those who um, are, are, are lacking. Mm. Um, so it's, it's, it's understanding that if I'm going to be like Jesus, I have to identify with both his death and his resurrection. Yes. But there will be some dying. I have this line in the book. Um, I like to throw it out on Twitter every once in a while. It's one of my brief attempts at humor in the book um, <laughs> where I say, um, uh, you have heard it said to thine own self be true, but I say to you, what if you're a jerk? <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty that, good. And you should try of, to be funny more of often. poking yeah. fun at that. Uh, yeah. That's, that's hmm. sort of, okay, yes, um, you know, God has made you, uh, God has created you as a unique individual, and, yeah. and you want to be your true self, you want to be fully alive in Christ. Uh, but that requires a death before resurrection. Yeah. And there yeah. are things that, that do have to die in order for us to be fully alive and to be our true selves. Yeah. It's really and that's good. the hard work and the good work of discipleship right there. Uh, I, I think we almost have in our, we have like a Christian subculture that's just looking for the silver bullet, right? So I just want, give me the four pragmatic ways mm. to make disciples. Give me, give me your three best tips, Derek, of like, how do I do this quick and easy without any pain for me or anyone else? Yeah. Um, so I deeply appreciate that you're leaning into presence and not just pragmatism, um, because I'm with you. I'm, I'm not opposed to pragmatism. I'm just opposed to it without presence, right? Without the presence exactly. of the spirit w- w- walking with us. Um, exactly. There is a there is a practical that is to come, right? I mean, yeah. that's, that, the my my premise in the book really is that Christianity is a practice. That is, it yes. is a way of living. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's presence before practice is a great way to describe hmm. it. Yeah. Yeah. So how would you encourage uh, uh, any, like a local pastor or anybody that's a, that's a follower of Christ. That's just, I'm, I'm trying to make disciples, but I feel like I've been caught up in this kind of tips and technique techniques and tactics and like celebrity pastor video series and, and those kinds of things. And I'm just not getting fruit. Um, how do you kind of encourage that long obedience in the same direction and that cruciform leadership? Um, what are what are some practical ways maybe to get at that rather than just uh, kind of grab the next small group series that somebody produced? Yeah. Well, uh, you know, my own journey 
um, and understanding this as a pastor is similar to so many others. But I'll just speak out of my own experience, and that is a discovery, or for me, it's a you know, sort of a rediscovery of uh, the liturgical calendar and the liturgical year. Hmm. Um, so my faith is rooted in a Southern Baptist context. Um, that's sort of where my family came from. I was baptized in a Southern Baptist uh, world where it's sort of, you know, no creed but Christ, no book but the Bible. Uh, then sort of drifted into the charismatic renewal for a number of years. And now I'm a part of so many uh, people who come from a non-liturgical background who have discovered uh, the, 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 the seasons within the liturgical calendar. And I've told people that, you know, as if you're just discovering that for the first time as a pastor or leader, just start with certain seasons and add them on to what you already do. Yeah. So all churches are going to celebrate Christmas and Easter. Yeah. Um, now, you know, sort of your non-liturgical churches, they do so because it's on their secular calendar and they <laughs> celebrate it, draw attention to it like they would Mother's Day and Independence Day and, yeah. you know, these yeah. other you know, secular holidays. So I would say, OK, Christmas and Easter, big Christian celebrations, the incarnation and the resurrection. So I would say. Uh, learn and add on to that the seasons of Advent to prepare for Christmas mm -hmm. and the season of Lent to prepare for uh, Easter. And so in my previous church where I was a lead pastor in Georgia, that's what I started to do. Um, as I discovered the liturgical calendar, I just, just, I just started with Lent. I said, we're going to practice Lent. And so I wrote a Lenten devotional guide and had FAQs to answer all the questions. Oh, yeah. You know, because people are like, what are we Catholics and all this stuff? But the, I remember the first time I took people through Lent and we had uh, an observance of Ash Wednesday mm. and a Lenten fast and really entering into the sufferings of Christ. Uh, and then you come through that 40 day period to celebrate the joy of resurrection. And people really got it. And so that would be my, my advice, because that's what I have learned uh, and experienced that adding the liturgical calendar and understanding that that's a part of discipleship, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, observing those seasons yeah. and recognizing that not every day is the same day. It's not ordinary time all the time. Mm -hmm. There are these special seasons um, that has been powerful in the life of our church. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's almost as if the, the things that we've been doing for thousands of years might work a little bit. Right. <laughs> almost. Yeah. It's almost like we didn't have to reinvent much. No, that's, that's good. And Derek, I really appreciate too, like your emphasis on the liturgical calendar as a discipleship sort of practice. Um, I think that will feel new to some people, but I, yes. I love that one of the things, one of the things that it does though, it makes discipleship less individualistic. Because right. this is something that we're going to do as a church. We're going through Lent together as a church. And it also then connects you to the whole church, right? So, right. you know, your question, are we, what are we, Catholic? And, you know, if you wanted to be funny again, you know, uh, another time, uh, your attempt at humor, <laughs> if you wanted to be funny again, you could say, yes, of course we're Catholic. You know, like, that's that's the church. It's it's universal. Yeah. It's it's one yes. thing, and we're doing this together with the whole church. We're doing Lent. Yes. So. Don't get too funny on a stair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just I a think, little bit of humor. My I wife, think you're hilarious. My wife always warns me in preaching. My wife's mm. like, people don't get your humor. And oh. so sometimes, you know, just, yeah. Yeah, yes. just leave it out. I get I, it. My okay. wife tells me, Derek, you're you're funny. You're just not fun. That's what she tells me. <laughs> <laughs> what does that even mean? I don't know, but that sounds, sounds like a terrible yeah, insult. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's uh, all I think I'd rather be fun than yeah. funny. I don't know. Well, well my, the, other, the other thing for liturgy for me um, is really trying to break down um, what's become an unfortunate model in evangelicalism, and that is the separation of worship and discipleship. Uh, um, so when I was hired uh, here to be the discipleship pastor, they had never had a discipleship pastor. And so part of my job was to build a discipleship ministry. And um, our children's pastor at the time and youth pastor um, had come together to form a path of discipleship that was seamless from birth through high school graduation because we had this thriving children's ministry and great youth ministry, but in between it was a drop-off. Hmm. And when they presented that on a Sunday morning, I thought, wow, I should create something like that for adults. And so I started working on something and I realized what are the key components? And I realized for adults, 
it's everything we do in the life of the church. Yeah. Um, so like, you know, for me, when I was in seminary, um, uh, Rick Warren's Purpose Driven Church, this is in the 90s, was like really at its height. Mm. And I remember um, having that in some, you know, ecclesiology class that was one of the readings, you know, sort of pop, pop, you know, examples of how to do church. And, and that's pretty typical evangelical in that you have these different distinct purposes. You got worship mm. over here. Right. That's what we do um, in service to God. And then right. discipleship, that's really kind of something different. I think that's a big mm. mistake. I think when we begin to see that the church doesn't have a discipleship ministry, the church is a disciple making body and presence so that everything Mm. that we do. So our acts of worship, as we are gathered together, these are forming us as disciples. Sure. Man, that's really good. That's so good. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, One of the things that uh, you mentioned consumerism earlier, Derek, and it it occurs to me that, um, that, Rather than trying to convince people we need liturgy or we need a calendar to order our lives by, it's simply naming that we already have that. Like we already have a liturgy, a daily liturgy. You know, when you when you joked about getting ready for like Advent, getting ready for Christmas, mm-hmm. I thought, yeah, I'm uh, making sure I know when the cyber sales are and watching the iPad that I want for Christmas when it when it dips below a certain price, I'm going to nab it. You know what I'm saying? Right. And making right. sure that we have all the presents wrapped. And I'm not saying we, you shouldn't get an iPad for Christmas, Sharon, if you're listening, I could use one. But I'm, I am saying I am saying that like we already order our time. We yes. already have liturgies that order our time. Mm-hmm. And, they, and I think we just conceive of them as aspiritual or unspiritual orderings. And one of the, one of the things we talk about at Gravity is uh, God is always present and at work. That there isn't a sphere where God lives, and then there's a secular sphere where we live. And sometimes God like zaps like Zeus down from a cloud into our universe, and then He like retreats and goes and hangs out on the cloud with uh, the saints and the archangels, you know, and Billy Graham. Like, but actually, that God, God in our reality is one. We live, we live in a God besodden or God soaked reality. And so then, the way we order our time is spiritual. It matters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm it not, does shape and form us, like, somehow. It does. It, we are being shaped and And I want to know, I want my pastor, Derek, pastor me. I want to know, <laughs> I want to know how my time is, is forming me spiritually. Mm. Yeah. You know, like, what, where, where is my life headed if I'm formed in an American calendar yeah. or in a, you know, Canadian calendar versus, versus a church calendar? So that's really good. It's really good. No, I think you're exactly right. As I've talked to people one-on-one um, who are new to the liturgical year, I do emphasize that, that all churches have, I mean, if we break down liturgy just to sort of think about the order of our Sunday morning service, mm-hmm. um, all churches, contemporary churches, uh, Pentecostal churches all have a liturgy. Yeah. It may not be written down, but they have a, a form. And so my vote is, hey, let's use forms, like Bennett said, that have been around for a long, long time. It's already there. Mm -hmm. Let's use those forms. Now, what we have done is in adopting those forms is we use some of the traditional language, Mm -hmm. um, but sometimes we'll use more modern terms um, just so that there's clarity. Um, but yeah, we are liturgical beings. We are, we have habits that are forming us. When you Mm -hmm. wake up in the morning and the first thing you do is grab your phone to check your social media accounts for clicks and likes and comments, uh, you're being formed. And it's a liturgical uh, act. It is a liturgical act. So, so, so Christ in his church offers us, uh, forms of liturgy that can form us as disciples. Mm-hmm. And so let's just substitute some, not all, but some of these habits that we've already learned that are malforming us, yeah. that are sort of reinforcing consumerism and individualism. Let's learn some new habits, some new forms, some new liturgies that's going to form us in the ways of Jesus. Yeah. That's good. It's no, really that's really good helpful. There. Yeah. And that, that, so part of it is just becoming, it's not like we all have to become monks and like abandon every every way of being except I'm going to pray seven times a day. And you know what I mean? Like yeah, that's, you will it, never stop consuming and you will never stop being an individual. 
Right. Right. Be- right. Because that's, you know, part of it is that's the economy we live in. You know, for me to eat food, I have to consume. I have to go to the grocery store and buy it. If right. If you want to have, yes. if you want brain activity tomorrow, you better eat food. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you're right. So we can't escape these things. But I think part of what you're saying is like, what's really important is learning how to recognize how my habits are forming me. Right. You know, mm-hmm. uh, learning how to recognize, like, what is the result in my life of grabbing my phone first thing in the morning? Do I like that result? Is this doing good work for me? Or is there something, is there something different that I could be doing that would lead me more fully into the life of a disciple, yeah, right. the life of Christ? I, and, and again, I think, I, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I think the most shame-filled moment of my week is that week where Apple sends me how much time I've been on my phone <laughs> per day. Oh, Hey, I am so right. with you. Yeah. I stopped that alert. I right. was so shamed. I do not by want to be phone. aware of this. At the number <laughs> I just of hit, yeah, I just hit my knees and repent immediately uh, every, t- every week. Every day. You're a better man than me. I just deleted the notification. Right. So I don't see, see it. I, I don't, I'm not technologically <laughs> advanced to know how to figure that out, Derek. I'm going to, I'm going to, you need to send me how to do that so that I don't ho- feel the shame. Right. Pay Hard, attention to my life. Hardman, yeah. you're more holy because you're less technologically aware. That's, yeah. that's, no, yeah, it's just I'm more stupid. I'm more stupid. <laughs> that's what I was. That's what I was trying to say. I was trying to insult. I also, you just I also a bit. serve in the South, so shame is a is like a. It's deep in our culture. It's <laughs> a lot done. No, I just get mad that it, it the the alert covers my Candy Crush screen, and I gotta flip it out. I gotta <laughs> get it away. Uh, yeah. So, Derek, one of the gifts of your book is that you take all these separate things we think about: discipleship, community, worship, um, liturgy, uh, um, our our daily life. And you say it's all part of it, and here's here's a vision, or here's a way of here's a trellis to hang it on, so that it can you can you can begin to enter into it in the way of Jesus unto yes. discipleship. Hmm. Um, can you give us maybe one or two things here as as we wind down? Like, how is this working its way out in your church? Like, what what sorts of vehicles, um, what sorts of commitments, what sorts of opportunities do people in your church have? to work through the stuff that you talk in this book? How do you, how do you work that out on the ground? Um, a couple of ways that we work it out. Uh, first would be um, Brian Zahn's prayer school. So he's our lead pastor and we make that, you know, a um, not an essential because we don't have a whole lot of essentials, but there's been kind of a culture now developed at our church that, hey, if you're going to be a word of lifer, um, you, need to, you need to learn how to pray. And, um, yeah. so going through Brian's prayer school, I know you guys have, um, hosted that in different parts of the country and been here as well. Uh, that's a big one. And then in part of the area of my, uh, oversight is in our small group ministry. Um, we've tried to create small group space, you know, having a larger church, it's hard to process these things and really work through the nuts and bolts of discipleship. Yeah. Yes, the Sunday morning experience. Now we do try, I think we do a pretty good job of, of at certain points and certain times during our service, we'll explain things like we recite the Apostles' Creed often, but we only recite the Nicene Creed about once a year, Trinity Sunday. And so before we do that, we'll, we'll do a little mini teaching um, on that, uh, but you, you can't really get the nuts and bolts in a large you know, group worship experience. So uh, our small group ministry has been a place for an opportunity for people to flesh that out. Um, and there's been lots of great resources we have found. One that has been extremely transformative uh, for our church is uh, Pete Scazzaro's Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, Emotionally yeah. Healthy yeah. Relationships. Um, that has been really powerful. Um, and that's one that I hope, um, becomes a mainstay in our church. Uh, it's a great introduction to the contemplative life, um, and gives people space, um, to kind of wrestle with, again, the nuts and bolts. How do I, how do I, yeah. uh, assimilate some of these practices into yeah. my life? And, uh, I love Pete and the work that he does. And this fall we are forming, um, multiple, uh, by the way, groups that are going to use my book. Um, again, I'm, I wrote the book to be a church resource. There's mm-hmm. discussion questions with every chapter. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we are going to form small groups around that, that will uh, study the book together and then work together on now, how do we begin to implement these That's things? That's great. Yeah. I really appreciate that, Derek. Uh, Cause I think, 
Yeah. I think the two extremes are like, hey, just, you know, it's all worship. It's Sorry, it's all discipleship. Just go to, you know, go to worship, you know, and you'll be discipled, <laughs> which is just right. like, that's just observably not true, right? There's, there's faithful churchgoers who don't seem to be living in the love of God, you know, but they know the liturgy by heart. So that, right. that, that can't be the only thing. But then, you know, I love the fact that you haven't then bifurcated it and said, well, forget worship, you know, that's whatever. Discipleship's going to happen in these small groups, you know, as we embrace these spiritual practices and, you know, that kind of thing. But I love that you've integrated it, because um, we found the same thing is, is necessary, is the integration of public worship, and, and then in small groups, we learn how to inhabit public worship. You know, in small groups, we learn how what the implications are of the way that we worship are with how I relate to my neighbors and how I relate to my friends and, mm-hmm. and how we are and kind of can embody the body, right. being the body of Christ together. And so we found the same things necessary. You have to... I, I, I don't know that discipleship is possible unless you find a way to gather people together in groups to right. be able to sort of be real about what's going on in our lives, and then we learn together how to pay attention to what God's doing. Mm-hmm. If right. we can do that, like, we, we can make disciples. We can yeah. make some progress. Sure. And this is nothing new, right? I mean, this is what the church sure. is doing. And, and and for really, for me, small groups go all the way back to John Wesley's class meeting. Yep. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a part Wesleyan, right? Uh-huh. There's a piece of my heart mm-hmm. uh, that is Wesleyan. And uh, Wesley understood and valued uh, liturgy um, and the centrality of Eucharist. And, you know, of course, he you know, remained a Anglican. Yep. But what he saw missing was that intentionality. So you yes. have the form, which is good, and you need that. Yeah. But there's you also need a, a small group where yeah. you can, with intentionality, pursue Christ. And so Wesley's class meeting grew out of that. Yeah. Now he liked to open with um, confess all your known sins to That's one right. another. That's right. Yeah. Um, when I write <laughs> discussion questions for our small group, sometimes we'll do like sermon. We're yeah. starting that up uh, this Wednesday, uh, some what we call sermon study groups. Mm-hmm. I always open with an icebreaker, which is a funny question about childhood or middle school or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The typical ask an easy question to get everyone talking. That's yeah. how I do it. Right. Papa John, no. he went right for confess all your notes. Right for the jugular. Yep. yep. <laughs> yes. And then, you know, the last question of his meetings was, is there any sin that you have yet to confess that you right. need to confess right. before came, you came leave? back to it? Like, yeah. anything you held back? You're not leaving, buddy. <laughs> uh, Derek, yeah. you, have a, you have a unique ability to take really dense, deep theological writings, whether it's Tom Wright and you're, you have a couple yeah. sort of uh, summaries of his you know, mag- magisterial tomes that not only are really clear, but also uh, 10% of the cost of the tomes, uh, which I've, <laughs> I've appreciated. And you do the same thing in this book. You, you take, um, you know, what is salvation? What is the gospel? What is community? And you take this deep well of learning um, from uh, the Christian tradition, and you put you do what this, uh, this woman in your church uh, encouraged you to do. She didn't ask you to do something different than what you already do. She just pressed you into what I think your gifting for the church is, mm. which is to take really deep things and make yeah. them accessible yeah. and actionable for the everyday churchgoer. So thank That's you for awesome. this book, and thank yeah, you for your ministry really and work. And yep. friendship, dude. Yeah, Thanks, Matt. I, I really appreciate that because it, it goes at you know the heart for me. So when I, I went to seminary at Oral Roberts University, um, which some people will laugh at, but I've, I've learned to redeem my, my story because what happened to me is I, I went as sort of an anti-intellectual, ahistorical kind of, mm. you know, run of the mill charismatic, but yeah. in the seminary is where I learned biblical languages and church history. And I read the church fathers for the first time. And I realized that the Holy spirit was at work broadly in the church. Yes. And it was really there that I, I really was was debating either you know going and doing PhD work and living life in the academy, but it was really my church history professor who I uh, David Dorries who I had a great relationship with who helped me discern my call and I thought hmm. no my 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 call is uh, is is for the church so I'm trying to have a foot in both of those worlds um, at least yeah. that's where my heart is I yeah. love the academy. I, I love what great biblical and theological scholars are producing, um, but ultimately my call is to serve the church. So yeah. I'm, I'm happy to be able to do that. 
Yeah, I, I love that you haven't bifurcated that either. You know what I mean? A lot of people do. They're like, oh, that's interesting theology stuff, but you know, right. it's actually right. really know. important for us to learn how to live into those those yeah. things. So I yeah, appreciate the, your work. Yeah, the book is called By the Way, BT Dubs. And uh, you do it in this book, <laughs> yeah. by the way. By the way, by the, way uh, the, book, the book is called By the Way. And yeah. You, yeah, you do it in the book. So thanks a lot, Derek. Thanks for being with us. And, Thank uh, you, guys. Yep. Yep. Derek, if you're future Derek, if you're listening to this and you're in mm-hmm. mile 13 of your run, do mm-hmm. not quit. Do not. You've got this. You've got it, buddy. You've got this. There you go. All right. I'm, I'm, it. <laughs> see you, Derek. <laughs> thanks. See you, guys. Peace. Bye-bye. See Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Gravity Leadership Podcast. If you enjoy learning from this podcast, please be sure to show your support by rating, reviewing, and subscribing on iTunes. Be sure to share with your friends on social media too. And we would love to hear from you. So please email us at podcast at gravityleadership.com. You can join our online community for free at gravityleadership.com slash join. You'll get our latest content delivered straight to your inbox, as well as an email most Fridays with curated links to articles we found interesting or helpful. To join us, go to gravityleadership.com slash join. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.